When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. I think every week is critical, and, and you know, we, we've got goals as a team, and um, but none more important than just, you know, understanding uh, we were able to get another victory last week, but we put that behind us, understanding that it's about going 1-0 this week, and as we've done every single time we've gone to U.S. Bank Stadium this year, it's been for a divisional game um, where we relied heavily on our home environment, and it's been unbelievable, uh, two for two for us, kind of willing us to these victories, um, and, and I expect to have a great crowd. They've been phenomenal all year long. I think what Kevin O'Connell is saying there is it's Bears Championship Week. Yeah, I was just going to say, it was very Flaconian. Need You're to go right. 1-0 and in Bears Championship Week. I don't think that that I saw any Vikings uh, marks on th- that jacket. Did you guys? I didn't see a logo. Can you just play five seconds of that clip again and see sure. here? I've never seen this before. Oh. I think every week is critical and, and you know. No, oh, wow. I think it's very generic. Like it's that looks a like a is he going to get fined for that? I didn't know you could do that. Well, he's he's not, right. It's like it's, a sleeveless vest. He's yeah. got a Viking shirt underneath it, but you he's know, got right. some black, if, plain but sleeveless if, vest. If there was like a, you know, Never seen that. other non-NFL logo, I think he'd be in trouble, but it's very, it's generic. I think he's fine. And he's okay. got the Viking Actually, hat if he, on. if he turns around, though, on the back, there's just a giant portrait of Kirk Cousins with the bling chain, Kristen Derrissaw's he's just uh, spinning the bling, bling chain? chain. Yeah. I like it's it. It's just on the back there. This is... Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And uh, today is our State of the Vikings Offense episode. Every single Thursday, we do a deep dive into some of the trends and interesting statistics and nuggets surrounding the Vikings offense. The show is presented on a regular basis by our friends at Surly Brewing Company and TCL. Redefine creativity with the TCL 35G smartphone. Enjoy blazing fast 5G speed, an AI-powered 50-megapixel triple camera system, Football. ultra-realistic and true-to-life visuals, powered by Next Vision, booming sound from the dual speakers. Learn more at TCL.com. And, Judd, tell the audience where they can hang out with the Purple Daily crew here at Surly Brewing Company a couple times in the next month and a half. October 16th, we, we will be doing our uh, first Purple Daily slash Ventline watch party at at uh, Surly, and then also on November 6th for the Washington game. We'll be there for the entire game, talking football with you, enjoying Surly beers, and then post-game we'll fire up Ventline, and we will all commiserate about a loss or celebrate a victory. And I am being told that I be- that these will be available. That's right, Before I Die, which is the Scoop. official saying and beer 
of of the Purple's 2022 season. So if you are trying to find a before I, I die, uh, show up. In fact, you know what? Make plans now. Travel in. Come in. See us. The draft was great fun. We had people from the Dakotas come in. We had, we had a guy from Atlanta. So... October 16th, November 6th, mark them on your calendar right now. Viewing parties at Surly Brewing for Ventline Purple Daily. Looking forward to seeing you there. Yeah, Florida, Georgia, the Dakotas, Mm -hmm. Iowa, Wisconsin. Uh, I think there was a California in there somewhere. California. God, we just, uh, we have have awesome listeners and viewers. We do. We, we, we talk about that sometimes sentimentally off microphone. Just, God, we love you guys. Sincere Judd, too. Yeah, like it is. It is, it's, it's it is sincere. sincere Judd. It's yes. not. This is not fake Judd. <laughs> it's not insincere Judd. It's sincere Judd. Let's dive into a sincere state of the Vikings offense discussion here, where I will throw out a few different categories of interest, statistics, and things, and we can we can dissect. I think we should make a point to just start each of these episodes on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Well, just kind of where do they stand overall? Like the big overall offensive categories being. Yards per play, points per game, and uh, I'm going to throw an analytical one in here. Expected points added is a big time uh, for analytically minded front offices. They use EPA for a lot of different things. So the Vikings are 17th as an offense in yards per play, 15th in points per game, and 13th analytically in expected points added. So they're very decidedly through the first month of the season, a league average offense which is, if we're being honest, what we wanted them to gravitate away from. We wanted them to graduate from being a league average offense that you know, that maybe wasn't maximizing all of its parts to being in the top 10 or closer to the top five. Mm-hmm. And to this point, they have not fulfilled that. I'm still in the grace period here of like, I, I'm like through the bye for sure. Weird travel. There's some home games after the bye. Like I am... Maybe I'm being too lenient here, but I'm still a month away from hovering over the the panic button about this offense. So I don't know where you guys sit, but I'm I'm just kind of sitting back and chilling here, watching this thing play out. Offensively, I'm absolutely fine right now. Um, is, is there growth? Absolutely. But here's the here's the nice thing about a first year coach and a system that's new, a scheme. The nice thing is you can see opportunity here, and you can see potential growth and it's not like O'Connell is saying, you know what? You guys all want me to throw to Jefferson. Well, we ain't doing it. He's gonna, he's covered, right? O'Connell has talked about, and I think he's being sincere. We got to find ways. So there's nothing he says where I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to push back on that. Um, and I also think, and this is the most important thing. So Zimmer would get pissed off and would just get, be pissed off. O'Connell clearly wants to see more, but he also has the keys to the car. So he can drive the car to where he wants it. Now, is it going to get there with Kirk and company? I have no idea. He doesn't know. But offensively, yes, I'm with you, Phil. Grace period, there are flashes. There are definite flashes of what could be. And so I I am far more uh, patient and willing to allow this to play out because I have faith until he proves me wrong that Kevin O'Connell can get this car where he wants it, and he is fully aware of the fact that it's nowhere near its destination yet. Are you panicking yet, Declan? I'm not panicking yet. Uh, in fact, I, I pulled the Phil Mackey card and brought up some play propensity statistics on Tuesday when you were out. 
That's Dude, what I he said. Cheated on, he cheated on you, and it was fantastic I play did. propensity statistics like trumped you i did wow, dude. i did i i wow. went down da- i went back and i wanted to see what are they doing now that they've done differently under mike zimmer and it's only four games so the sample size isn't big but i think what's very encouraging is so let's let's just go to first and ten on first and ten this season the vikings are averaging and getting the most passing yards on than any other team in the nfl they have 535 yards on first and 10 this season, and they're passing on 58% of first and 10 plays. Last year, it was 52%. So they're, they're doing some of the things already that we've wanted them to do. Has it resulted in complete points overboard and them being the top five, top 10 offense immediately? No, but the trends that Mike Zimmer did and the trends that Kevin O'Connell are doing are much more encouraging than previous Vikings offense, so I'm still willing to give it a lot of more time. I'm very proud of my sports nephew, Declan, here for, for doing this deep dive into the football. Down analysis, play propensity. Play propensity. So we'll, we'll get into some situational here, but it is interesting. They're, they're basically one of the most explosive first down teams. And then things kind of, if, if they can just bottle what they're doing on first down <laughs> and, and do that on third down too. But there's, there's also a lot of reasons, and we'll get to some of the, the updated third down stuff, but. I think there's a lot of reasons why it's not surprising they are a great first down team because on first down, everything's on the table. Dalvin's on the table, Jefferson, Thielen, KJ, all on the table. All of your pre-snap motions are on the table. And for Kirk Cousins, the ability to play action because you you know you might run and there's still some play actions uh, being called here. So there's just a... It's it kind of shows you that when the defense doesn't really know what's going to happen, this offense can absolutely pummel you. Right. Once you get to third down, it's a little more obvious what's going to happen, a pass largely, and that's where things get a little bit harder for Kirk throughout his career. We'll we'll get to some of that. Let's go to the running game here as the the next category. Dalvin Cook specifically. So he, this season, is 31st among running backs in yards after contact per attempt. Mm. Now, a couple years ago, for sure, I guess I didn't, uh, I'd have to go look at last year, but I know two years ago he had over 1,000 yards after contact. Two years ago, over 1,000 yards after contact. And this year he is 31st so far in yards after contact per attempt. His longest run of the season is 16 yards, which ranks 41st. So 40 other running backs have had a run of more than 16 yards this season. And in terms of PFF grade among running backs, he's 21st to start the season. Now, our guy Alex Boone on the Trenches episode did a phenomenal job kind of explaining from his perspective. He actually thinks that the interior offensive line specifically hasn't done a good good enough job of opening, uh, opening up holes to create explosive runs that it's he's not ready to say that Dalvin is no longer explosive that there might be a little bit of a difference but that it's more of an offensive line thing from what he sees on film than it is a Dalvin thing um, I'm going to trust his word on that because I'm not smart enough to dissect that like he is <laughs> but what do you what do you make of Dalvin's start to the season here kind of a, a slow start for him uh I'm concerned I I just think look he is He is going towards the wrong age at that spot. You you get old quickly. And Dalvin Cook is beat up. I I mean, he has been hurt throughout the course of his career basically every single year. Uh, He plays a a position at which being tough and healthy is absolutely key. And at some point in time, guess what? 
There is no question about it. Running backs have expiration dates on their ass. There is an expiration date on the, these guys. How many are like Frank Gore? They are few and far between. Now, can they keep playing? Absolutely. Adrian Peterson did. So this doesn't mean that you have to retire, but it does mean that that you are impacted. And this gets to the most important part. And we've talked about this with Kirk, so it's only fair to, to talk about it with Cook, too. Yeah. He is not... And, and, like, one explosive run is not going to fix this, too. Like, I, I love this. Well, he got tripped up by the Saints guy, or he might have gone to the house. Well, okay, that's great. He might That also have. happens, like, in other seasons. That's not the first time a, exactly. a defensive lineman's tried to trip him, right? Exactly. But it's the money. It's the it's what he's paid. If Dalvin Cook was paid okay, I'd, I'd be, be like, okay, yeah. I get it. Um, but he's not. He's paid very well. For his spot, he's paid really well. I don't think the new regime is going to pay a running back again like Cook is currently being paid. So that's what what concerns me. The other thing that surprises me is statistically he has not been nearly as uh, much part of the passing game as we expected. Like we thought, I I mean, hell, O'Connell in in the spring camps was like, don't write about that because, you know, we're going to surprise teams. Um, He's split out at times, but he's not involved much. So – is if the question is this four games in is Dalvin Cook coming close to earning his paycheck? The answer is no, he's not, and that concerns me. Yeah, he has in terms of the passing game, he's been targeted thirteen times, nine catches for forty-seven yards, five yards per reception, which yeah. is you know it's a small sample size, but even in the passing game, they've they've just had a really hard time getting him going his best season as a receiving running back was 2019 where he caught 53 passes for 519 yards an average of 10 yards per reception so basically double yards per reception what he's got right now yeah yeah and i mean 72 touches so far between his rushing attempts and his receptions this year and it's just you're looking for a home run play i mean his longest play is 16 yards in 72 touches his longest play is 60 is, is 16 yards so you'd like to think is it? Is he getting unlucky? Is he one? You know, is he one play away? I know he got tripped against the Saints. He probably busts out a 30, 40 yard run right there. But seventy two touches and just sixteen yards that you need a little bit more of a home run efficiency at least once every you know twenty plays or something. And he hasn't been able to get that. Yeah, his yards per touch. That's right. We're gonna go deep in the weeds here. Football. His yards per touch. The first four years of his career was five and a half. Mm-hmm. Really consistently, five and a half. Then it was 4.9 last year. Now it's 4.5. So it's just, and again, four games, new system. He's, he had the the shoulder thing again. So we'll see what happens in the in the coming weeks. And the Bears' defense is so bad; <laughs> they should yeah. they should be able to do something on the ground against that defense. Uh, okay, next category here. It's the Kirk Cousins category. So and maybe we can do this every week too, just a snapshot of kind of where he sits in some key categories for quarterbacks. I'll give you some I'm gonna give you seven categories of where he ranks. Some of them are analytics, some of them are more standard. He's twenty-third in expected points added among quarterbacks. He's twentieth in QBR, twentieth in traditional passer rating, twentieth in completion percentage. That's the biggest shocker. He's always been. I mean, he's one of the highest completion percentage guys in the NFL. As a Viking through four games. He's 24th in yards per attempt. 
He is 12th in PFF grade. PFF has always had him higher than almost everything else in their grades. And he's 17th in Football Outsiders quarterback rankings, their analytical quarterback rankings. So uh, in terms of the measurements, mostly outside the top 20, PFF has him 12th in their grade, and then Football Outsiders has him 17th in their analytical rankings. What do you make of that? I make of I make of it this. So on Dalvin Cook, I am concerned because he plays a position at which you age. And when you age, you're basically going to be done. Like, like you're, you're not going to like rebound. Like I, I don't expect, oh my God, Cook is now in four games, you know, on pace for this or, or that. With Kirk, despite his age, he plays a position at which I do think a system change is important and, and it can take time. And, you know, it bothered me in the springtime, but I mean, I will say this, Kirk was not lying when, when he explained that the that O'Connell system, which, yes, had some roots in what he did with the commanders, um, had changed a lot and that there was a lot to learn. The most important thing for me is this. Kirk Cousins, the last two weeks, has come through when he was needed the most. And mm-hmm. he's made some big damn plays, too. It's not fluky. It's not like, well, he got fortunate and Dalvin broke off a run or something like that. Um, so on Cook, I have genuine concern. On Kirk, I'm patient. I'm patient here. And look, they are 3-1. and one. A year ago, with Kirk's stats inflated above these by quite a bit in some categories, they were 1-3. and three. And, we, and you can say, well, I mean, he brought him back against the Cardinals and Joseph. Yeah, okay, I get all that. But they were one and three. They're three and one. That's all I care about, which, which is why I think dismissing QB wins is ridiculous. Uh, it's not pitcher wins. Pitcher wins, you know, you start a game, but then you come out in the fifth and it's sort of QB wins. You, you are the plan is for you to play the entire game and to lead your team. And so I think O'Connell wants to see a lot more. Like I like I think if you went and had a beer or a seltzer or a wine cooler with Kevin O'Connell and got a couple in wine cooler, give him a little more credit. I'm, just, than I'm that. joking. I'm joking. But anyway, I think he would tell you, yeah, I got to see a lot more here. But he's three and one. He's done his job, and I and I think it'd be really hypocritical now to focus on Kirk's stats. Well, his stats aren't good. He's three and one, but I don't care. We've sat on the show since the day Kirk got here and said, you know what, dude, win games. Win games. Yeah. I expect his stats to pick up. I don't think that this is just sufficient. But on this one, I'm a lot more patient given what the Vikings are transitioning to from a scheme standpoint. I want to real quick, I want to I want to help clarify the show and our individual uh, positions on QB wins. So I think I think QB wins in the short term are a ridiculous metric. I, I, I don't think you can use QB wins in like a one-month sample size. But I, I do firmly believe that if you look over the course of, if you give a quarterback 100-plus career starts, which mm-hmm. Kirk is is well over that mark. He's at like 130 career starts or something. Mm-hmm. That you you start to see some stories play out. So like like if you look, for instance, um, you know, the, the top – the top quarterback win percentage guys, QB wins guys, when you start to get over 100 career starts, Tom Brady is number one. Roger Staubach, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. There's some anomalies in here like Jim McMahon, although he's at 97 career starts. 
then you have to ask a question. Okay, does he belong on that list? Well, he did play with one of the greatest defenses of all time. So there, are, you know, it's not a perfect metric. I think if you give a quarterback, because the quarterback has so much influence over wins and losses, like you said, plays the whole game, controls the ball, correct, leader of the room, et cetera, et cetera, that if you give them 100-plus career starts, you should see that quarterback's influence take shape in the form of a well-above 500 record. Right. And that's been part of my criticism of Kirk, is like, what is it about him well, that leads his teams back to 500 yes. all the time? And this is a very, very great area i think as well because of this okay so kirk cousins if you look at the amount of games where where the vikings have basically lost and then kirk puts up stats and those stats are used as you see kirk's pretty good and i'm like no it doesn't matter like if you separate garbage time from what counts to what to what comes with pressure on so where i give kirk credit on qb wins in the first month is the last two weeks he has done exactly what I personally have asked him to do, which is, dude, I don't care about your stats. Like, like the, those get your contracts. Those are fun to talk about. But the when the Crusaders point at those and say, but look at the stats, I say, yeah, but let's dissect those stats then. Like, you can dissect any stat that you want. Mm-hmm. So the last two weeks, has Kirk Cousins, when it mattered most, made absolutely key plays that resulted in victories? The answer is yes. I'd be hypocritical now to say, yeah, but look at his stats. They're not great. He's doing the one thing I want, which is he is contributing to victories. More important to me than look at all the touchdowns and he never throws picks. That's my point. He's oh, he's overcoming adversity. He did he laid some groundwork for this last year. Last year yep. there was some there was a little bit of a turning point. You're right. Where it was it was happening more frequently and he did get screwed by the defense a few times. And I think we're seeing, a, and it's a great trend, we're seeing a continuation and evolution of of him in these situations. I will throw this one out too. Cousins ranks 27th in average air yards per pass attempt. So a lot of short stuff. Now, the guys just ahead of him on this list are Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen. So those guys, they're all kind of around like six, six and a half air yards per attempt. So you don't have to be bombs away down the field. Jameis Winston's averaging like 14 yards in the air per attempt. Right. And guess what happens? He gets he gets destroyed because he's looking down the field for a half hour or he uh, throws an interception. So there's a middle ground in here somewhere. Uh, but it is worth noting that only 7% of Vikings passes travel 20 yards or more in the air, which ranks 32nd in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it's they've largely been a short passing team through the first month. And I I think some of that's by design, but I think some of it is they haven't figured out a way to unlock down the field stuff as much as they want to. Yes, and what I like is this, and if it's a trend, that's great. What I like is they found a way on Sunday to use Jefferson effectively, which was partially because the Saints put their corner against them, but the 39-yard go-route pass was the evolution I want to see. Like, it didn't make sense to me. Why is he? Because you basically can gain isolation to a certain degree that way. Why aren't the Vikings sending Jefferson on go routes? Guess what? They did. And guess what? It worked. It's sort of hard to take all all of these stats put together at times um, and then separate them from, okay, they're not super impressive, but what did you do that was? Mm -hmm. And to me, that fourth quarter late in the game goal route pass which by the way was a beautiful pass is it's the definition of what i also want mm-hmm. which is are you learning see that 
by last year, I was so frustrated, right? Because the whole scheme would bang its head against the wall. It could have worked at times, but they didn't allow it to. And they'd get conservative. And then Kirk would get weird. And then Kubiak would get weird. This is what I like now is, are, are they perfect? Not even close. Are they trending in the right direction at times when it matters most? The answer is yes. Yep. You're showing growth. I have two more categories here as we do a deep dive into the state of the offense. But um, if you're if you're hearing all of this information and thinking, man, I know exactly what I'm going to do on Underdog Fantasy this mm-hmm. weekend. Thank you, Phil, Judd, and Declan. Then, uh, you know, we've got you covered. That's right. Underdog Fantasy in the Underdog Fantasy app. I showed uh, Judd this slip on Tuesday. I'll show it again. Our guy Josh here with another uh, epic little uh, five-leg parlay here, okay? Wow, dude. Five wow. picks for $600 here for our guy Josh. So uh, Results not typical. And and, and Buzz Killington here will we'll, we'll buzz kill the results not typical, but it's the most fun you can have in underdog fantasy, okay? <laughs> uh, if you use promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. The link is in the bio in the YouTube description as well. The Vikings have the Bears this weekend, so you might want to be slamming a lot of unders on Chicago, okay? I don't know if Justin Fields and that offense is going to be accumulating a ton of points and a ton of yards, so go ahead and go to Underdog Fantasy, download the Underdog Fantasy app, promo code score s-k-o-r it helps us out too download the underdog fantasy app uh judd tell the audience how they can lose weight with you know what i know that you're probably not talking about holidays in these uh livia discussions yet but i can see them on the calendar already if people Mm want to get out in front of the holidays that's right and that as phil just said is thanks to my friends at livia weight control centers i dropped 40 pounds dawn down near around 20 pounds our friend chris ron who works with us he's down 10 plus pounds you know why because livia works and right now you will receive eight weeks for free your first eight weeks for free imagine that so pd fans who want to drop weight we're talking about eight weeks for free imagine all, all the weight that you can shed in that time the flex program lets you enjoy food you love includes fruit pasta and even bread 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com is your ticket to the weight loss you're looking for. Your ticket to potentially helping elevate your business is Federated. Federated's been so great for us as we build Score North and Purple Daily. They've been huge supporters of us, and, uh, and they support all kinds of different businesses in and around the Twin Cities and even outside the state of Minnesota. They've been around for over 100 years, providing a guiding hand when it comes to risk management, tools and resources. Find your uh, potential match in your marketing representative at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Okay, back to the state of the Vikings offense. You know, a big topic this week, and Johnny Munt helped make it a big topic, is drop passes. Just kind of feels like Irv Smith dropped a touchdown pass against the Eagles. Johnny Munt dropped a big first down. Yeah. Just a lot of well, Justin Jefferson has dropped passes this season. Mm-hmm. So how bad of a problem is it for the Vikings so far? It's been a problem. Uh, eight drops so far, according to PFF, which is the sixth most in the NFL. I think the the leaders have 10 drops. So they're they're among the leaders in most drop passes so far this year. The killer has been... Three of the Vikings drop passes are when Kirk Cousins has been pressured. So it's like he's he's not great under pressure, but he but he gets the ball out, it's there, and it gets dropped. It's like you especially when he's pressured, it needs to be all hands on deck helping to make him the best version of Kirk that you can. And dropping passes in those situations is 
only compounding the problem. Yes. So, um, you know, is is the, are the eight drops sabotaging everything when you look at just like they're throwing a ton of passes? Yes. No, it's probably being overstated a little bit. But when they come in big moments or they come on the, you know, the opponent's side of the field or a touchdown that Irv Smith could have brought the Vikings back into the game, I think it's it's when the drops have happened more than the amount of drops for the Vikings this season. And let's go through the drops. Um, the Irv Smith drop was awful. Like, that was a touchdown pass. It literally, I, I don't know, much like with Mont, I don't know how he dropped it. Yeah. Like, it didn't. It, Dude, their tight ends are kind of a train wreck, aren't they? Well, and my let's guy, Mont. And my guy, Mont. Now, now, the Mont drop is, well, heck, it, it was not a drop. It literally went through his hands. Like, he didn't even drop it. He just allowed it like butter to slip through his hands. The Mont drop is, is the play that Kirk uh, went through both after Sunday's game and yesterday where he had Thielen in the end zone, and he said, I should have thrown that. Which, by the way, credit to Kirk, you are now assessing your play honestly. I love that. The Bo- Jeff- Bo- Booney did a 10-minute film breakdown of that on the YouTube channel, Trenches it. with Boone, and yep. he came to the conclusion that because you didn't know what the outside corner was going to do, it looked like his hips might have been open to follow the Thielen route, that in that moment, get the first down, throw it to Munt. But I watched that play 100 times. God, it's not ball. People are like, People keep saying, "Well, you, when your first read is when your first read is there, you throw to your first read." Well, okay, high school quarterback guy. There's another level to quarterback play that the, that the best are. They're not. It's just, where's my first read? Well, no, they're seeing the field in context, and that is your primary read. But if there's something else happening over here, you pump fake one there. Boom! Like, come on. And Kirk went through and basically diagrammed them all. There were three he missed, and he went through them. Credit Kirk. Uh, the Jefferson one I want to talk about, though, because I've decided that I see a f- flaw of some sort there. Jefferson's drops, I think if you go back and watch him, he's either uh, being defended closely or he is afraid he's going to be hit. Mm. Okay, and I bring that up because the goal ball that he caught in the fourth quarter on Sunday is a hell of a play, and that's a nice catch, too. Like, it's a great throw, great catch. Um, but there was no problem there. Like, I, I don't think he juggled that ball. I, I He caught that ball, bang, it's secured. Go back and watch. When he has been, when he has dropped balls, he has been front-facing or or on a crossing route. And so I think what you're dealing with there, and I don't know if you can fix, like you could try to fix this, but, you know, Thielen to me seems to be pretty exceptional in those circumstances. Because I think he he's like, okay, I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get hit. I I don't care. Um, but that's got to be a tough thing as well. And I really feel like the Jefferson flaw here is there are certain passes w- where he is being defended closely or just flat out afraid he's going to get slammed as, as soon as he catches mm-hmm. the ball. And, and that's just an observational thing from watching the first four games. But I think that's what I'm seeing. It's really easy for me to say, hey, man, it's not the 70s and the 80s anymore. They right. can't really do that much damage to you. They're not. But uh, does the put some pads on me and watch me turtleneck <laughs> going through the middle. Does the slave play in the first quarter against Philadelphia in week two, does that count as a drop? Because that's the one where his arm was sort of being held and they didn't call it. I don't know if that was classified. And I'm curious if that as classified as, as a drop. I mean, he definitely didn't get the separation. Um, but there's I think, just it's, a, I think it was a pass things. breakup technically. Okay. All right, I'm just curious on that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been they, they've had some high leverage drops. Let's just put it that way, where it's it's under pressure, or it's a third down, or it's a 
it's a touchdown waiting to happen. I don't think it's going to continue. I don't think Justin Jefferson all of a sudden is just going to be like a bumbling idiot and dropping passes all year. But uh, it's been a problem. And then the next, uh, this is the final category here, situational, uh, let's call it um, opportunities to improve situationally. All right. Let's start with the red zone. Only a handful of teams have been to the red zone more often than the Vikings this year. But the Vikings rank 25th in red zone efficiency. Only 17 touchdowns in 15 trips. Got to find a way to, when you get inside the 20 there, inside the 10, got to find a way. Got to find Thielen. Yeah. go Go to Thielen. Yeah. He's amazing in the red zone. I don't think, in fact, let me find something real quick here. How many targets does he even have in the red zone? Going. Let's see. Let's yeah, I mean, see. just just looking even at the NFL average right now in the red zone. So teams are scoring in the red zone at a fifty-eight percent. The Vikings are at forty-six percent on mm-hmm. as an as an offense. And that's the average, which right. you know, it's we they we're trying to hold them to a standard that is above, above average. average, right? Yeah. And so they have and a so ways to go. In theory, yes, you're right. Uh, so 2020, I'm going to, I want to find this here. Cause I think going into like the second game or the third game, he'd only been targeted like once inside the red zone so far this season. Justin Jefferson has the fifth most red zone targets. He's uh, he's got eight of them, but only two catches in the red zone for the one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Thielen does have six red zone targets, four catches, one touchdown. And then in, and all of those are inside. Most of them are inside the 10. So I guess my, just you get, you got to find a way to score more touchdowns in the red zone situationally. Yep. And then on third down, this is we're going to keep hammering this, man, because this is this continues to be a problem. The Vikings are one of the worst third down offenses in the NFL. Declan had the stat earlier. They are unstoppable on first and 10. Yep. And they're racking up new first downs like in like half of all of their first down plays when they pass. Mm hmm. But they are one of the worst third down offenses in the NFL. Twenty eighth in third down conversion rate, twenty third in third down expected points added. So, how do you bottle your first down success and bring it over to third down? Totally different scenarios because the defense kind of keys in on what you're probably going to do on third down. They don't on first down. Right. You no, know, it's tough. You can't have drop passes. I'll say that. Yeah, that's that's yeah, absolutely. So there you go. That is your deep dive, your state of the Vikings offense here, gentlemen, where we uh, we lay it all out every single week. Um, before we get to random Viking of the week, let's do uh, what are people saying about the Vikings here from The Athletic. I just this article popped across here today where they're evaluating the four. Is it four or are there more than this? They're evaluating rookie head coaches, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I want to read what The Athletic says about Kevin O'Connell. Uh, he's three and one. Vikings opened with a twenty-three-seven statement win over the Packers, and then they beat the Lions and the Saints. Only loss was to the undefeated Eagles. Um, wide receiver Justin Jefferson has had two monstrous performances, and his star status should absolutely explode in O'Connell's offensive system. The mood in Minnesota has markedly improved mm. with KOC and Quasi Adolfa Mensa, and the results are following: what the future holds. The Vikings' remaining strength of schedule is tied for the ninth most difficult, just based on current opponent win percentage. I think that some of that's skewed because, like, the Giants are yeah. three and one, right? Yes. And the Bears are two and two. Yeah. But come on, You're right? Now. Correct. Uh, but they look ready to contend for a playoff berth. 
They've got some interesting tests on the horizon, Miami, Buffalo, home game against the Cowboys, Packers, etc. Those matchups may be more indicative of the Vikings' potential, but KOC is living up to the hype of his arrival. Do you guys feel like this is correct? Is KOC living up to the hype of his arrival so far? Absolutely, yes. Yep, yep. I I like what he brings. I I like the fact that um, he's calm for the most part. Like, I don't see... I don't see uh, overreactions too much, if at all, uh, from him through four games. Yeah, I think he's done a good job. And I, and again, I think the most important thing is from what he says, and I actually believe this, I don't think he's anywhere near satisfied. That's what the most important thing. Like, I think he knows that there, especially offensively, is a, is a ton of room for growth. I got questions on defense. <laughs> I got some real questions there. But offensively, he knows that this team is probably accomplishing a fraction of what his ultimate plan is, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I think he's very self-aware of the, the fact that they are 3-1, and one, but it ain't like, uh, oh, my God, they're great. It's like, uh, no, we're probably fortunate, but we need to do a lot more. Yeah, he just the things he's installing uh, on the Vikings offense, kind of back to our original point off the top of, the offense as a whole and the points and the yards might not be there, but they're running three wide receiver sets on first down. They're shoving the ball down the field. They're trying new things that they can that the previous offense wasn't doing where they were just heavily relying on the run game. So the systems are in place. And I think eventually with Kirk Cousins slow start, you'd like to think that he eventually gets hotter as Kirk Tober and Kirk Vember roll around here on the calendar that the Kirk offense Semper. will uh, even get even better. So yes, I, I think he has lived up to the hype. I think Kirkuary might be in play Kirk-uary. this year, oh or Kirkruary. Kirkruary. Oh you know what? Oh I just want, I want. I want even keel. I want him to win games. That's all I want. Actually, Karch Karch tends to be the month that Kirk thrives in. That's contract month, March. Karch, oh, Karch. Oh my god! It's a Super Bowl. Contracts are Super Bowl. Um, I I really like what we've seen from Kevin O'Connell so far. I love his. He has he has a modern coach's demeanor. You know, I think gone are the days where you can just dictate to players and get pissed and demand things, right? Like, you've you got to kind of level with guys now um, for various reasons. There's, and you can call the generation soft or whatever you want. Every, I feel like every generation that has come along has been labeled soft. Like, Gen Xers were soft, and then Millennials were soft, and now Gen Z is soft, and I'm sure baby boomers, when when you guys were born back in the, you know, 1950s or whatever, like, you were probably labeled soft by the iron workers from the early 1900s. And so you, you got to find a way to relate to young people in the era that you are coaching in. And it feels like he is able to do that. It just, I think this thing has multiple more levels to get to this year. And I'm curious to see if, if he can unlock it this year or if it's more of you know groundwork for next year. But yes, he, I think he is living up to the hype so far in, in many different ways. All right, it's that time of week here, boys. All right, let's go. Let's where go Judd Zolged usually dominates the rest of us in random Viking of the week. Greg Camarillo. It is a, 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 a test of wits of Vikings history. Judd with a 36 to 19 lead over Declan and myself. And last week, people are saying last week's edition of Random Viking of the Week was the best edition of all time because I, I, I got my comeuppance 
for undercutting your guest two weeks ago, Reese Lloyd. It was incredible. And right as I was about to say, Greg, uh, uh, you jumped in with Greg Camarillo. And Greg Camarillo himself was partaking in the festivities on Twitter. Judd waving his celebratory Vikings flag there for the audio audience. Hope to fly it again. So Declan and I alternate here. We we tag team. It's a it's a handicap match, as they would say in uh, the wrestling world, where we we tag each other in. So Declan, you're tagging in this week. Scissor. There you go. I'm going to run the show here. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a series of clues. You can shout out answers, up to three incorrect answers, and then you're done. You can ask me questions if you would like to. I can refuse to answer. Uh-huh. Uh, the last handful of random Vikings have been Greg Camarillo, Ray Edwards, Reese Lloyd, Cadre Ismail, Brian Russell. Just some random previous ones for fun here. Aaron Henderson, Rich Gannon, Jack Del Rio, Chris Cluey, Bobby Wade, Archie Manning. Uh, and I want, I want to, I'm going to... I'm going to keep the delay, delaying the inevitable here, which is a Judd-dominating win, probably, uh, by, that. Uh, by telling you that this upcoming... This is reverse psychology here. I'm trying to psych you out. I know. This dominating Judd victory is presented by our friends at Nowhere Haunted House. Yes. You're going to want to check out Nowhere Haunted House, an all-indoor haunted attraction in Invergrove Heights. They have weekend evening attraction and a daytime low-scare option for the more uh, daring thrill-seekers. Uh, you can book these tickets at NowhereHauntedHouse.com. Go to NowhereHauntedHouse.com. By the way, though, this is an 18-plus event. It requires a signed waiver. The insomnia experience at the Nowhere Haunted House. Book your tickets at NowhereHauntedHouse.com. Ooh. All right, clue number one. This random Viking of the Week hails originally from Fayetteville, Tennessee. I'll give you guys plenty of time here. Yeah, thank you. Home state at Chip Scoggins. All right. Plenty of time. Oh, really? Oh, Tennessee. I thought, I thought you meant uh, Fayetteville. Home state. This random Viking of the Week in high school, lettered in football, obviously, but also baseball and basketball. Athlete. Uh, he, was, he was a shortstop in baseball. I don't know if that helps you. This random Viking of the Week played his college football in the Ohio Valley Conference. The vaunted Ohio Valley Conference. This random Viking of the Week has four kids with his wife. Uh, Kellen, Jalen, Jake, and Jameson. Okay. Kellen? 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 Yeah. With a Y. That's Kellen with a Y. K E L L Y N. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Jalen with a Y. J A L Y N. Okay. Some interesting spellings here. You're getting creative with the spelling names of the But kids. we really like J's. The last three got J's, right? I don't know why there was a K and three J's. Yeah, how, how did K work its way? Yeah, I don't know. I like that. I'm not sure because uh, I, mean, I don't want to Jethro. give away too much, but you think there'd be a Jethro in there? Yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't want to give away too much. Okay. Whoa, whoa! I almost got an answer. Mm-hmm. I almost tricked you. This random Viking of the week has 603 Twitter followers right now. 603. Okay. Might want to get off Twitter. Heard this random Viking of the week is currently a high school. Offensive coordinator. Hmm. 
we get a state? I actually don't know the state. I, I can look that up quick, though. Oh, you want me to? Yeah, no, I'll look it up. No, I mean, I don't want to bother no, you. No, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. Yep, hold on. While we wait, I'm just going to fly the flight. No, I will accommodate you. I'm going to fly the flight, much like the Cubs fly the W. Um, high school. Uh, in Tennessee. Tennessee. Some Tennessee. Okay, this random Viking of the week <laughs> was yeah. undrafted. <laughs> this random Viking of the week played over a decade in the NFL. Okay. I'm just waiting for his coaches. Okay, I'll give you the coaches. This random Viking of the week played for these NFL head coaches. All right. Jim Mora, Sam Weish, Brad Childress, Lindy Infante, Mike Malarkey, Butch Davis. Oh, God. I, I will say, too, that this random Viking of the Week once set an NFL single-game playoff record. Is it Kelly Holcomb? We have a guess. That's it. And it is correct. And that's it. Kelly Holcomb. Kelly Holcomb. Chili loved him. Hold on. Let's fly the flight. Kelly Holcomb. There it is. Congratulations to Judd. Big victory. In Terrible random Viking week week here. Terrible we can write that down. What a play. Uh, the NFL single game playoff record was he was the, he has. Cleveland. He threw for 429 yards in regulation in a loss, in a playoff loss. So Pittsburgh, right? No one had, I think so. No one had ever thrown for that many yards in a playoff regulation uh, game before. Watch that 2003. Game Joe yeah, Joe Sensors, I think I was there. Is Joe Sensors still open? Uh, I don't know. Compl- in, Blo- in Bloomington, it's completely gone. It, Roseville? It's a car dealership now. No, that's another. Uh, that guy changed to something else. Oh, God, that place. That place the one in Bloomington is gone. Food. It's, now a, uh, yeah, it's, it's gone. now a car dealership on 494, I mm. think. Keep a, great sports line. bars alive. Keep great sports bars alive. Joe Sensors had great, so great bar menu. Mm. Oh God! Oh the uh, the the uh, fries. Oh, oh the fries were, even, and the dip remember and the, the dips. Oh, Champs and Sensors both had delicious fries and, oh, and special talk dips. Dirty to me. Oh yeah. God! I know, nothing. Oh man. <laughs> oh boy! I can't eat those anymore, really, because they're not good for you. But that's well, you can in moderation. In moderation, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, but steal, I try a, and you can steal a fry. You're probably not going to order your own basket, I'm not good but with, you could steal a fry. I'm not good with what what we like to call portion control. <laughs> I know you're going to be shocked by that. I know you're going to be shocked by that. But I tend to eat and drink too much when I have the opportunity. <laughs> I know that's going to surprise you. <laughs> so, well, congrats to Judd Zolgad. He is uh, in the win column here for the second straight week. Random Viking of the week. Feedback Friday tomorrow on Purple Daily. And again, don't forget, October 16th and November 6th, both noon kickoffs at Surly Brew Hall in a live edition of Vikings Ventline. We'll see you guys tomorrow for this daily Vikings entertainment.
Hi, this is Danny LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.